Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast, brought to you by the Seawolf for Life Foundation, Synergy Capital Solutions, and Proudmouth. In this podcast, we will provide regular updates on what is happening, what's to come, and how alumni players continue to support community, connections, and contributions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack is Back podcast. I'm your host, David Vallier, and super excited to not only have Coach Shazby on today, but our good friend, Mike Peluso. I've been chatting with him for a couple of weeks offline and just can't wait to get into this conversation. But before we jump in and intro, Mike, just a quick reminder for everybody, you know, really the point of this podcast is just to bring the brotherhood together. You know, we've had this fragmentation here with the team going offline for a couple of years and and really just trying to reach out to as many sea wolves as possible. We're all over the globe. And so we're just trying to draw guys back together and bring the fraternity back together. So with that, let me take it to Coach Shazby. Coach, give us a quick update. I know you're on the road, but uh, fill in the listeners. Yeah, I mean, we we had a nice three, four-week break back home. Guys got to be college students for a little while and just focus on the academics. I made a nice trip out east. We played UConn this past Thursday night. It was an amazing experience. UConn's brand new building. Uh, it was an all-student game, so there was 2,600 screaming college kids, which is something that I never thought I'd see and wasn't wasn't expecting and was very impressed with the overall UConn scene. The campus is incredible. Uh, they got a really good thing going there, and they're going to be set up to be a hockey East power for uh, for quite a long time. And I'm very impressed with uh, just everything that went on there. We took them, I think, there at the time. They might have been number 18 in the country. After not playing for four weeks, we took them to a 3-3 tie into overtime. And then um, there are a couple high-end guys whose skill really kind of showed well in the three on three. We just couldn't contain them through the whole five minutes. And they eventually got loose on a two-on-one and kind of went off our stick a little bit and up over our goalie. But Jared Weld played an incredible game against those guys. Uh, I was happy with our effort after not playing for so long and to take a quality opponent like that into overtime for, which was at the time was our fourth straight four to three overtime loss. So it was, it was painful not to get one, but uh, we headed down here to New York to play Long Island. We played them Saturday afternoon. Like I said, the team has been playing, played well in UConn and it kind of carried over to where we played a real solid road game. Uh, We got an early goal in the first period to kind of give us some confidence and uh, Joey Lamaru uh, ended up pitching a shutout, and we ended up winning four nothing, which is a well overdue uh, win for our group who had played eight straight one goal games, four straight overtime games, and so or five straight overtime games. So it was, it was great to get on the winning things again. Then we played a, a Sunday evening game against LAU again. They responded well. Uh, they came out, played physical. They scored two early special teams goals in the first period. We made it a two one game on a five on three, and then. Uh, we had multiple opportunities to put one away to make it a 2-2 game in the second period. Just couldn't find the back of the net. Uh, their goalie, Perron, who's actually a former UAC Wolf uh, that transferred to LIU during the shutdown, uh, he played very, very well. We just couldn't get one by him. And so impressed by his performance. I'm assuming he's going to start here in a couple hours against us because he played so well. And they, and they ended up kind of breaking it away there in the third period and uh, making it a 6-2 game. But uh could have went either way there in the second. That's kind of how hockey goes. Is uh, Teams execute on special teams. Teams get a couple of bounces, and it goes your way. So looking forward to the rubber match here uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. Then the boys head home Wednesday, and then we have a quick turnaround, and we're playing Arizona State Friday. 
So it's uh, busy, busy, busy. Yeah, jam-packed. So that's probably yeah. the first college game that I've been aware of midday on a Tuesday. So <laughs> getting the schedule it's, full when you can, right? Yeah, it's, it kind of all falls in the category of us needing games and LIU not really having a rink and them kind yeah. of struggling to organize their schedules. So two independents figuring things out here. And uh, hopefully this afternoon's a good game and goes in our favor. Yeah, that's awesome. Very exciting. Well, I know that, first of all, thank you for carving out some time. I, I know we we talked on the intro that you are headed to the game. Just a quick update before you head out. So we appreciate you carving out some time for us here. And it's also great to have you on Eastern time with me. So I'm not trying to coordinate your schedule on <laughs> four-hour time delay. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I appreciate you having me and, and accommodating here with heading off to the rink and hopefully... We get a win here and head back home and finish out the regular season here with four straight at home. So we're excited. Right. Let's go Seawolves. All right, brother. Okay. Have a great, great game. Good luck to you. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for joining Appreciate us. Appreciate it. So without further ado, just a treasure of a guy, somebody that I did not have the pleasure of playing with, but uh, have the absolute pleasure of getting to know post-hockey here. Uh, Minnesota boy. Uh, worked his way through Alaska, and I'll let him tell the story. But uh, super excited to to invite Mike Peluso to the show. Peluso, welcome, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, so long story here, but I, I wanted to carve out some time. Tell us. I'm curious, and I, I know, like, for me, I've had the privilege of chatting with you for a while, but not everybody has had the chance to get to know you and, and know some of your background. So let's fill the boys in like how did you get to uaa your minnesota boy and I, as i look up on your your stats you know your hockey db that's the first place you go with anybody that played real hockey they don't even have stats up there for you at uaa so fill us in on how did you get to uaa and then let's talk about some of our time at uaa well i i grew up in pinkery minnesota it's up northern minnesota between hibbing and grand rapids and anyway, as i was a fourth of five kids. I was the youngest of the boys and eventually had my sister. I was a, I grew up, I, you know, I was, I was a, you know, a heavy set kid, a fat kid, you know, I get picked on a little bit, no big deal. I went to Greenway high school and, uh, I had this growth spurt in my senior year. And, uh, I, you know, I played three sports, football, uh, hockey and, you know, in the winter, obviously. And then, uh, and then, uh, baseball in the spring. And, I just loved to play. I, you know, I was always a rink rat with my older brothers. I tagged along with my older brothers and, and, uh, how I got to you. Well, I, I grew up in Pingley. I said, went to Greenway high school, Bob Janander, you know, Bob Janander was a Greenway coach in the sixties for Greenway high school. And he, um, and he won, you know, he's, he's a guy who's in history books of being one of the best high school hockey coaches of all time. And he's up there with Willa Dykelas and the Randolphs at Duluth East and, so my senior year, he he just came out of nowhere and, and came back to Greenway and took took our program over in my senior year. You know, Dean Trebojevich was on that team. We were kind of ham and eggers. We, we ended up going to the, you know, the section finals against Hibbing. And uh, that was old Tony Catani's team, number one team in state. And we lost to them. And then, uh, you know, thought it was over. I, I just, you know, after that, I, I just I was going to join uh, the armed forces. You know, in those days, there was no such thing as, as student loans, and our parents worked hard, five kids. So, 
And then out of nowhere, I believe it was 1984, UMD Bulldogs are playing Bowling Green for the national championship. Bowling Green beat Duluth in in double overtime. And then uh, Bowling Green's coaching staff called Bob Janander, who was really reputable uh, in terms of being a Greenway coach. And, you know, it was always about high school hockey. So Bowling Green called Bob Janander and said, you have a defenseman for us because Gary Galley and Dave Ellett went pro. And Bob Janander said, yeah, I got a defenseman for me. It's Mike Peluso. So they they came and see me play in the uh, – we had a summer hockey summer hockey at the Snake Pit. Greenway Coleraine, our, our home rink, was named the Snake Pit. So they saw me skate. They said he's not ready for Bowling Green. You know, will he, will he go to Stratford, Ontario, in Junior B? Ontario, uh, Junior B in Ontario was the ticket to the CCHA. You know, I mean, I – and so I I thought about it, and Bob just said, keep your options open. All of a sudden, Prince Albert Raiders called. You know, they Prince Albert Raiders were were uh, they weren't major junior at the time; they were tier two. So I said, uh, uh, you know, I'll go to Stratford. You know, I got to Stratford. You know, and they had some good players there. You know, um, no, I lived with Nelson Emerson with the Cliffords. My defensive partner was Jimmy Hughes. You know, Hughes' kids are kicking ass in Jersey. And Boyd Sutton was on that team. Boyd Sutton was an Alaska guy. You know, he played out of Seldotna. He went to Miami, Ohio. And so we won that first game, the first series of playoffs. So I walk out I walk out of the, the um, locker room after that first series, and there's Klaus Nosslinger. And I came out, and he goes, Mike Peluso, I said, yeah. I'm Klaus Nosslinger from uh, University of Alaska. You want to go for dinner? I said, yeah, absolutely. So we go for dinner, and he was showing me, you know, the team, Sullivan Arena, the team, pictures of when they went to Korea. And he, he looks at me, and he says, Mike, he said, I got to admit something. I said, what? He said, um, I took the wrong flight. I said, what? Yeah, he took the wrong flight. He was supposed to be in D.C. He ends up in Ontario. <laughs> in, in Stratford, true story. And I ended up going there. I, I he said I, I took the wrong flight, you know, because you know UAL was recruited Minnesota High School. They recruited DC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. If this guy took the wrong plane, he was supposed to be in DC. He took the wrong plane, and he's up in Ontario watching Junior B hockey. <laughs> so, so if he, if, if Klaus Nossinger actually took the right plane, I wouldn't have played for the Seawolves. <laughs> so that's, you know what I mean? That's beautiful. And then I got up there, and it, it, it it's it's a big jump. It's you know going from junior hockey to Division one college hockey. It's the biggest jump of your life in terms of hockey. Yeah. You know, going from college to pro, it's it's not that big a jump. It's just where, you know, if you play in the top six, you're a role player, third line. But there's no bigger step, no bigger step going from junior hockey to Division One college hockey. They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then when I got up there, you know, I got up there. It was a rude awakening and jumping from junior to college. And I met Brush. And I'll tell you, Brush Christensen. I love that man. He's just such such a great man, a good coach. I just love Brush, and and I know every team that that, that Coach Brush is coached, they always have the same chemistry and the dynamics. They work hard. We're always like brothers. We've never ever had a problem with each other. The team, 
he's just a wonderful, wonderful human being and a hell of a coach. You know, I played for seven Jack Adams trophy winners. I played for Mike Keenan, Daryl Sutter, Elaine Vigneault, Jacques Martin, Jacques Lemaire, Brian Sutter, and Joe Quinville. And I'm trying to think where the great Brush Christian fits in here. I would compare Coach Brush to a guy, Elaine Vigneault. I played with him in Ottawa. Elaine Vigneault is a guy that that is about the team. He's positive. We always close. He's got good systems, and he's beautiful. And yeah. uh, I and I would compare Coach Coach Brush and and Don Lucia. And let's not forget about him. Yeah, Don Lucia spent hours with me after practice working on my agility and becoming a better uh, defenseman and a better player. And let's not forget the boosters. I, I I don't think UA could exist in those days without the great support of the boosters. You're talking about the Mattingleys, the Funks, the Huppertons, Mon Polarchy, the Holmans. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with Don and Bev Ellis, uh, Todd Christensen's parents, Ralph was a big booster. Of course, Doc and Bonnie Cusack, Mr. and Mrs. Beathard, and the Kings. And it, I'll tell you what, if they didn't kind of help us out, we always had Ricky Ellison. <laughs> you know, and you're, Ricky Ellison, yeah, you know, if the boosters weren't around, we can always count on Ricky Ellison to get some deals done. <laughs> he was wheeling and dealing even back then, huh? Oh, I love Ricky. Yeah, I love Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. He's the best. The only thing with Ricky, you know, I don't think we should have been eating pregame meal at Red Robin with Mike Miller. I mean, <laughs> they're known for burgers, not pasta, right? <laughs> you know? oh, I love it. He was making deals back then. So a quick story about Brush, and then I want to hear some of your stories. But like when I played there, he was he would always start practice like guys were rolling in from class or whatever. And so he would start with like a chaos drill. It's basically, you know, we're it's green against gold. Everybody's playing in the game inside the zone. So one puck, everybody's going. Well, he would always jump in. Here he is, whatever age he was back then, 60 years old or whatever. But he hated the fact that the ice was cold. So he'd wear mittens instead of gloves, hockey gloves. So, of course, we love giving him a hard time. But guys would go by and just give him a quick hack. Ah, Valley, what are you yeah, doing? He- You're killing me. <laughs> Yeah, he. You're right. He right. He's a he's treat. So in with us. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he's, I love yeah, it. Absolutely, I'm glad he's never changed. Yeah, he's oh good, my man. gosh, he's the best. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's I, talk about I, some yeah, of your I, favorite stories. Like, enough about oh, my yeah, stories. Sure. Like, tell me some of your favorite stories from your time at UA. Well, the difference between moments and memories, right? And, yeah. Uh, okay, the memories was well when he first got there, it was a. You can either call it the veteran run or the rookie run. Yep. So, okay, right? So it's a three-mile run around the university, and there's a pond there. And so all the freshmen would get there. You know, the freshmen would come in in great shape because they're trying to make their first impressions and stuff. And we all went through it, and we told the, the freshmen that once you get to that pond, you stop there'll be consequences. So we all get taken off front and all of a sudden the freshmen were always in good shape coming into, into camp. And so they're all waiting there at the, this pond. Okay. I mean, I went through it and they get to this pond and they're, they're waiting for the vets. And we said, gear down, take your clothes off to your jock strap and swim out there and get a lily pad. Okay. They gear down and they swim out to the get a lily pad 
and then we throw their clothes everywhere, and then we take off running, and then there's a assistant coach like Don Lucci would be sitting there with a time watch, a stopwatch. He said, "These those damn freshmen are out of shape." You know, <laughs> the freshmen are showing up twenty minutes late, and so we're just trying to figure out who's in shape. So all those years, those damn freshmen from every shape. Oh, another one. Another one was a stall. Okay, there was a stall in UA in the practice in our in our locker room, you know, at the practice rink. And I I, I kid you not, when I got there, thank God for uh, Ricky Ellison, uh, Lark, Joey Hayes, Deggs, uh, Kevin Barry, Federenko. I got there, and they said, "Pluse, don't sit in that stall." I said, "Okay, it's jinxed." So I, I I didn't go near it. I got a fold up chair and sat in the middle of the room. So no one has made it sit in that stall. Well, here comes Tom Rosti, transfers from Fairbanks. We told him about it. He says, I'll break this curse. This guy sat there. I don't think he made it to Christmas. He was gone. <laughs> there were times we want to pull that stall the hell out of there. It was jinxed. The other one was, it was 40 years to UA hockey about, I don't know, a couple, three, three four years ago or a couple years ago. The greatest coach. The greatest quote in UA history was we were struggling. We were, I think we lost like three games in a row or four. And here comes Coach Brush and he, you know, he goes around the room. He said, you know, he goes, you know, around the room, what do we need to improve? You hear the cliches. We got to get the puck in deep. Our power play is struggling. We were giving up too many odd man rushes. We're not getting the puck in deep, play the old cliches. And then he tried to skip over Joe Cly. And there's Joe Cly raises his hand. And Brush is going, all right, go, go ahead, Joe. What do you want to say? <laughs> coach, coach, it's unjustifiable merits and rewards. And, and Brush, Brush goes, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, you know, I'm logging a lot of ice. I'm logging a lot of ice time, coach, and I should be under scholarship. <laughs> and, and when he said that, it wasn't that he was under scholarship. It was a fact that it loosened that sometimes you can press. And it, it brought back me- memories in New Jersey when, when our, our power play with the Devils was struggling, you know, Jock Lemire would have meetings with our power play needs and Johnny Mack, and we were struggling. So I just went into the power play meeting. <laughs> and I pulled up a chair. I pulled up a chair, and Jock, the great Jock Lemire says, Mo Palou, uh, the guys could get food poisoning and you wouldn't get on the power play. I know, Jock. <laughs> I walked out. I walked out, and these guys, Niedermeyer, and these guys are laughing so hard. You know that our power play went on, and I think we scored nine nine power plays and seventeen tries after that. It was it, it was just Joe Clyes when he said that. You're right; he should have been under scholarship because he was a right-handed defenseman. He logged a lot of minutes. He was kind of my D partner. And if you look at the NHL today, I'm not saying Joe Clyes an NHL guy, but they're looking for a right-handed defenseman. But I'll say that one. Vidal uh, Sassoon. Okay, you're, you're probably wondering how the hell I'm bringing up Vidal Sassoon. Well, I'm Pluse, and I was, you know, I was a big '80s guy, and I used to blow dry my hair so high with hairspray and go out. And here comes Derek Donald. He comes in. You now he started blow drying his hair, and I think <laughs> one day his hair was higher than mine. <laughs> and I said, "You guys know him as Donnie and Derek Donald." I said, "Donnie." Our Derek, I said, I'm telling you what, 
your hairstyle is looking good. I said, have you been getting your hair done down in Anchorage uh, by Vidal Sassoon? So I, st- I started calling him Vidal Sassoon. You guys know him as Donnie. But whenever I run into him, he's Vidal Sassoon to me. <laughs> I love it. Donnie's a great real? guy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, he was Vidal Sassoon because he started Vidal. blow-drying his hair higher than mine. Uh, he's, he's Vidal Sassoon. I know you know him as Donnie, but he's yeah, Vidal I love Sassoon. It. Oh my gosh. Okay. The other one was, well, the real Lloyd Dagelman, the real Lloyd Dagelman. Okay. So tell me, tell me. Dagelman, Lloyd Dagelman is, he was our best player, great hockey player, our defenseman, you know, our leader, our captain. Well, Bobby Matson was our captain, but Lloyd Dagelman was a hell of a hockey player. Well, Lloyd, Lloyd hurt his shoulder. Okay. Lloyd was been out for a while. So we get to practice. You know, it's Monday, Tuesday. It's usually conditioning with coach. And Joe Clyde put on Lloyd Dagelman, all his equipment, (laughs) everything. Even kind of skated like him. So we're doing conditioning. And after practice, coach blew the whistle. We all meet at center ice. And and Brush goes, guys, it's really great to have Lloyd Dagelman back in the lineup. And it's Joe Clyde (laughs) peeking through his cage. It was Joe Clyde. It was Lloyd Dagelman's equipment. We thought it was Lloyd Dagelman. <laughs> oh, that's priceless. And how about Bon Jovi, right? Yeah, tell me this story. So, the year before I got there, the guys went to Korea, right? So my senior year, we went to uh, Japan. And Japan was pretty expensive when we got there. A lot of great guys on that trip. And... So we played a couple games in, in Japan and we were invited to a concert. Well, it was a big concert. They had LA Guns there and, you know, My Favorite Rat and in Bon Jovi. And you know, there was another band, but Bon Jovi was a ticket, right? So Billy Cody and all of us and uh, Dean Larson, Rob, Robbie Kahn, uh, Chad Mob, and you can go on and on. So we, we went to Rapungi and Rapungi is where all the, you know, all the good stuff happened. You had Hard Rock to Face. We took the train up to Rapungi. And we go to this restaurant and I, I walk in with a team and in Japan, you pay, you pay a big cover charge and you eat and drink for free. And I walk in, I said, guys, I don't, I don't how, you know, how the hell are we going to do this? And then Derek Donald, Vidal Sassoon, Plus, I'll take care of it. So get up here, Donnie. Derek Donald goes up to the, to the owner and he says, you know, we're with Bon Jovi. You with Bon Jovi? Yeah, we're not actually in the band. But we set up the stage. Yeah, Derek Donald. I, I'm, this is Derek Donald, <laughs> not me. Yeah. yeah, we set up the stage. And and Bon Jovi's coming here tonight. You guys go, Bon Jovi, come. Bon Jovi, come. So they let us in. We're eating and drinking for free. And we're just sitting there. No Bon Jovi. And showed up, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Derek Donald got us in. You know that we're band men. We're, we're the roadies of Bon Jovi. And guess who showed up? <laughs> and I looked at Derek Donald. Are you kidding me? He said, "Please, I can handle this." We were just trying to get in the bar, and John Bon Jovi showed up. I kid you not. That's awesome. And you can't forget. Yeah, I kid you not. No, Derek took care of it. I said, "How are we going to get into this place, guys? We don't have any money. It's a big cover charge. You eat and drink for free." Please let me take care of it. <laughs> Derek Donald went up there, and he says, "We're with bon- John Bon Jovi." Yeah, they were having a big concert. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, you know, I love I love Rob Larky. He's one of my best buddies. The Lark, I love the Lark. I love the Lark, my buddy. 
so we were we were kind of struggling in this class. There was like I don't know Hiltz, uh, Big Carl, uh, Lark, myself, and we were sitting up in the, the top section there. We were kind of struggling a little bit in the class. And I said, I, I looked around. I said, "Where's the lark? Where's the lark?" And here comes Rob Larky. He uh, he goes to the bookstore. He buys a hundred and fifty dollar briefcase. I mean, <laughs> if you had a briefcase, I mean, the kid's smart. Don't get me wrong. And here he comes with a briefcase. I said, "What the <laughs> hell? What's he? What's he doing with that briefcase?" Right. So he comes up and saw us. I said, "What are you doing with that briefcase?" Well, I said, "What the hell are you doing with that briefcase?" He said, "Well, you know, plus." You know, if you got a briefcase, you know, I, you know, I get through this class. I know you're, you're a smart guy. You know, you don't need a briefcase. Well, he, so we're peeking. I mean, the damn thing had a combination. So <laughs> we, don't look at my combination, guys. He opens that damn thing up. He had a pencil in there. There was so much spring in it. It ended up in the front row <laughs> next to the professor's legs. <laughs> and last but not least, <sighs> yeah. I said, I know. I, I I kept you out all night. Anyway, so the last one was USAC's Christmas tree. Yeah. Later on, after Thanksgiving, you know, Doc and Bonnie Cusack, I, I loved them. We all loved them. So Doc, Doc always put up 40-foot Christmas tree. It was, I mean, so all the Seawolves, all the Seawolf hockey players would show up there uh, right after Thanksgiving the Christmas tree was there, and we we put that Christmas tree up for him, decorate it. We had step ladders. Even the doll sheep was decorated that he had, and it was always a tradition in the Cusacks that that the Seawolves would show up and put a forty foot Christmas tree up. I mean, this tree uh, when we were done with it, it was probably better than the one they had in New York City. But Doc Cusack always loved Christmas and the Seawolves, and we always went over there and decorated this Christmas tree, and we always and we always had some rookie parties there as well. Uh, those are memories. Uh, my favorite moment in UA history was definitely uh, Steve Bogey. This is goal against Western Michigan. Uh, what a goal! You know, it's uh, it was a great goal, and uh, I'll never forget it. You know, never forget it. That's awesome. I love it. And you know, you went to UA. Let's see, kind of eighty-eight, eighty-nine. I started there in ninety-three, ninety-four. And let me tell you, the veteran run still existed when I was there. <laughs> right, right. Worst part about that, though, is they would, the, I don't know if they did this when you were there, but the veterans would always wait until like the first frost on the, on the lake. So there's, oh, there's just a little yeah. bit of ice on the lake. Oh, it's time to go for a run, boys. <laughs> oh, man, that's oh, yeah. awesome. All right. So let, let me transition the conversation. I want to hear about, <clears throat> obviously, some of your your days in the NHL, but before we get there, let's talk about like how did you get from UAA into the pro ranks and and fill us in there. I think my last game as a SeaWolf, you know, was obviously was against Fairbanks, but you know, my last really game where my parents could see me play in the lower forty eight was against Western Michigan. My parents came in, you know. And I remember uh, playing against Western Michigan with a group, uh, I think 87, I think. And uh, we played against Western Michigan. I, I, after the game, uh, Lula Amarillo and, and uh, one of their scouts, I forget the guy's name. And um, he, uh, he pulls me aside in front of my parents. He said, you play like that, you couldn't make, you couldn't make our American Hockey League team 
you couldn't have been playing the East Coast League right in front of my parents. <laughs> you know, I I didn't really, you know, I didn't really, you know, dream of playing in the league. I mean, that was kind of a long shot. And anyway, I asked the Devils for a tryout, and they said no. And then uh, I skated a little bit, Chuck Rillo's camp with the Kalamazoo Wings down in Brainerd. You know, they said no. And then uh, Chicago said yes. And uh, I ended up in Chicago's camp. I had a good camp. I uh, I played eight exhibition games. You know, in those days, guys under contract. So anyway, after after camp, you know, a lot of the guys are getting under contract are getting sent to Indianapolis. And uh, Mike Keenan, you know, calls me in the office. He said, who the hell are you? I said, I'm Mike Peluso. He said, I know that. And I played at eight exhibition games. And he said, and I, well, I know that. He said, you know, what do you, what do your dad do? I use him. He, use him. Uh, he worked in a mining company up in northern Minnesota. Mike Keenan goes, where did you play? I said, I played at the University of Alaska Anchorage. He said, they play hockey up there? <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, well, in those days, there was no scouting, right? I mean, there were right. so many guys like Dennis Sorensen and all these guys. There just was no scouting. I said, yeah, University of Alaska. He looks at me. He says, you know how close you're making a Chicago Blackhawks in a trial? I said, no, I don't. He says, uh, do you have an agent? I said, no, I can get one. So I called Jeff Solomon. I met Jeff Solomon and Mike Hilton and I, uh, we played USIU and USIU International San Diego. They were in our conference and the old uh, Mira Mesa duct tape. And I remember Jeff Solomon, he, he, he was, you know, he was, I guess he was trying to become an agent. So he met with uh, Mike Hilton and I. So Jeff Solomon was my agent and I got sent to the minor leagues and you know, kind of made my way up. And that's that's how it's you know it all started. And I always said if I ever play against New Jersey Devils, I'm gonna, I'm going after them. And eventually they they had to trade for me. You know, you know I had some setbacks too. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. losing, you know, losing to the Pittsburgh Penguins in in Chicago uh, in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, obviously losing to the New York Rangers in New Jersey in '94. And so I think I think what really what really stands out for me was, you know, playing in the Chicago stadium and, and the Blackhawks and obviously the, the Ottawa senators, you know, I got picked up in the expansion draft. I went to Ottawa, you know, I scored 15 goals and 15 assists and, you know, 318 minutes and penalties, 24 majors, you know, only tough guy there. And it just, uh, it's, it's a big part of my, you know, my career, you know, probably would have ended in Chicago, but Ottawa was a, was a big part of my career, you know, I mean, 15 goals. I would have scored 20, but, you know, I was protecting the guys as well. But Ottawa, yeah. Chicago Blackhawks, the stadium in Ottawa centers, and, and then went in the Stanley Cup in Jersey. So those are probably the memories that I, that I remember most. There's some good memories. 400 almost mm-hmm. 460 NHL games. That's a, that's a heck of a yeah. career. Well, listen, any NHL stories you want to share? Well, we'd be all here all day. Um, I know you want to <laughs> just give me a couple of highlights. The, you didn't ask me about fighting, right? Yeah, tell you me about that. How to, you know, how did you become a enforcer or whatever you call it? Yeah, um, sure. I think it was just—I think it was just in my nature. You know, I was—I didn't get bullied, but I, I always look back, and you know, I always, uh, you know, stick up for a teammate or stick up for myself. How it all started, you know, in those days, college kids—they weren't known as to drop a glove. And, uh, you know, most of these, you know, major junior hockey players, I mean, they, they learn the tricks of the trade down in the minor leagues. And, 
Right. And uh, I just remember, you know, they always used to kind of not pick on the college kids, but I remember lining up on a face-off and Rick Hayward cross-checked me and he goes, come on, you college pussy. I said, let's go. And I kicked the living shit out of him. And all of a sudden, Bruce Cassidy, Butch Cassidy, he's a coach of Vegas. And I brought my, uh, my gloves and my stick to the penalty box. And he goes, you just beat the toughest guy in the IHL. I said, oh, shit. It word's going to get out now, you know. Right. But uh, this is one college kid from the University of Alaska who will not back down from a freaking scrap, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, mem- yeah, there's so many memories. I, I think there's so many memories of the locker room. I, I Sticking with the dual theme, I remember when Billy Guerin, when uh, UA beat Boston College, right? And I remember BG came in. He, he came in after and Billy come out to me and said, Plus, you played at the University of Alaska Anchorage. I did. He said, UA just kicked our ass. I said, well, yeah. And I look at that team. It doesn't surprise me. It, it really doesn't surprise me. I was a captain of most of those guys. When I left, I knew this team was going to do something special. They were deep. They were close. They were skilled. They had good goaltending, good coaching. It, it, it is an upset, no question about beating the number one team in the country. But for me, it, it, it really didn't surprise me how, how good that team was and how close they were. And in fact, Vidal Sassoon calls me on the road, Derek Donald, at my apartment in New Jersey. Palouse, we just beat Boston College. I said, beautiful. As Penguin would say, beautiful, buddy. <laughs> beautiful, buddy. Anyway, I told him, congratulations, good stuff. I said, Derek. He said, yeah, Plus. I said, did you bring Vidal Sassoon on the road to do your hair? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Look good, yeah. feel good, play good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Let me wrap us with just maybe a favorite NHL locker room story. Who'd you sit next to oh, in New Jersey? Okay, yeah. Well, there's been many. I, I used to sit next to Claude Lemieux, you know. I love Pep. So, Jack would come in and, you know, he'd do videos. And, I mean, they weren't highlight videos. It was, you know, when you're when you're one step out of position. When you got Scotty Stevens, Mo Marty, that means you're the man. We were so close in 95. So, when they said, Mo Niedermeyer, you know, Mo Needs, then we'd all go, <laughs> in a good way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Scott Stevens, great guy, unbelievable. And Pep wasn't getting Mo, even though Pep is the best. And uh, Stefan Richet, I didn't get Mo Plu. I, I was always the one one foot out of position, but I could take it, you know. Yeah. So Mo, Mo Scott Stevens, and all of a sudden we, we go, all right, guys, give it to me. All right, Pep got up. Scott Stevens is going to the, you know, to the training room. I got up. I said, don't do it, Pep. Don't do it. Right behind Scott Stevens. And Scott Stevens turned around and grabbed him. And I said, Scotty, no, don't do not do it. He, you know, he's just fucking around, you know. Oh, sorry about my language. And so I kind of got in between them and said, Pep, you got to stop. And I broke him up. But at that point, Claude Lemieux was in the cold tub at that point. You know, we all all got over it, but we were a close group in Jersey. So that one stands out. uh, Many, many, uh, many great, you know, as you know, Valley, that locker room is is unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've been there. You know, you can't beat the old locker room. Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, some, yeah, yeah, some great ones come out of UA. You know, I I don't, 
I don't believe in the greatest of all time. I mean, I'm a Kansas City Chief fan, been my whole life. And I remember when uh, when Tom Brady, the GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT, who the hell's the GOAT? Yeah. And uh, the greatest of all time. There are some great Seawolves that played there. Everybody played a role. You know, the the one guy, the one guy that was a sniper for UA, you know, Joey Hayes, this guy, this guy was like Brett Hall. The goaltender never moved when he shot the puck. Yeah. You know, like, like Brett Hall, you know, I mean, it, it, the goalie didn't be, you know, even, but he's a sniper. Brett Hall didn't back check, neither did Joey Hayes, but Joey <laughs> Hayes, Joey Hayes could shoot that puck. And I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't sit in the stands and be an armchair quarterback. I'm a spectator. I don't dissect games. I don't get involved in, you know, this and that with UA, but I, I just hope in closing that they, they would take a little bit of uh, consideration for Joey Hayes going in the hall of fame, it, it, it would be well-deserved. And, you know, Joey Hayes, I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time, but I don't believe in that. But Joey Hayes is uh Joey Hayes was a special player, you know? Yeah. Joey Hayes was a special player. That's awesome. And uh, in closing, I just want to say a coach and justifiable merits and rewards. <laughs> And we'll close on that note. And for listeners, we just, we love the opportunity to to share stories like this. And um, we do have a few things coming up. We've been kind of teasing out the mentorship program that is well on its way. Cooper and Spooner are leading that up. Um, but if you do want to get involved, we, we want help. Um, so more to come on that. It'll be on the website. And we'll also have some webcasts coming out about that. But Listen, Plus, we love you, man. I want to have you yeah. back on. Yeah. I want to have I you back you on too. for sure. I, yeah, I love you too. You know, I'll tell you, I, you know, there was, there was times, you know, we, we always in Jersey, you know, we have three things, you know, three charity events we got to do. And, you know, a lot of the guys were married and had kids and, and I always went. Yeah. Children's Hospital, New Jersey, you know, a lot of these guys are busy. And I said, I'll go, I'll go, yeah. I'll go. You yeah. know, bring New Jersey Children's Hospital, New Jersey. I'll go. I'll, you know, I love going. And, uh, and I, I went to that children's hospital many times in Jersey because I wanted to go because the guys couldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I was going so much that I was parking in the doctor stall. So all the guys <laughs> were calling me Dr. Peluso. <laughs> the doctor's in. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, anything I can do, I'm there. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I get jerseys made up from Chicago. There's a guy that uh, does the Blackhawk jerseys and, you know, I autograph them. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, a, a lot of concussions. I'm a tonic epileptic and I'll do my best for any charity. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. And, and, and uh, God bless the epilepsy foundation up there. Not a foundation. I'll do anything, anything you need from me. I'm in, I'm just not, awesome. I'm, not I'm just grateful. I was able to log in on a zoom. This is my first one. My yeah. I'm proud one. of you, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> All right, brother. You guys have a good day. And thank you so much, Valley and Patrice. Thank you so much for having me. I, it's, I agree. I'm honored. I'm really we'll, truly honored. Well, we'll have you back on. We really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. I'm going to jump man. in here because I want to hear a lot more stories. <laughs> this is great. You know I'm in yeah, Jersey. Jersey. You know I'm in Jersey. Jersey, right? Oh, God bless Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for being a part of bringing back the Seawolf Brotherhood. Uh, we, we look forward to joining you, or you joining us, I should say, at the next episode. Please subscribe and share, and we will speak with you again soon. 
Thank you for listening to the Pack is Back podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow the show and share it with your friends and family.